The Football Pod on OTB Sports. Have you ever seen a team like Limerick that are so physically dominant? They're yeah, absolutely oh. financially <laughs> dominant. <laughs> the Football Pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. Keith Wood is with us. Keith, good morning to you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Good morning. It's uh, the week of big, big, big European games. Unfortunately for Munster, the yeah. game's not in Thomond. I wonder... Is it is it an issue anymore? Is it something people are talking about locally? Is it disappointing or does it matter? Um, I think all of those, no, without sitting on the fence, I think people are a little bit peeved. It's not there. Um, uh, decisions made a long time ago on both sides, both from picking for a concert, which they do need to do and have consistently done, um, and then the changes within the structure of, of European rugby uh, have made this become a situation. So I think that makes it a bit awkward. I think people would like to be in Thoman Park, would like to see the game there, would like to have that huge fill-up in their, in their, you know, their lives. We're still trying to come to terms with uh, post-COVID idea. So I think uh, a lot of people would rather be in the ground. Having said that, they don't mind travel up the, uh, the M7 to, to Dublin, uh, to the Aviva, especially when they're not playing Leinster because that hasn't gone very well for them uh, as of late. But uh, look, I think they look at the game as as the reason they support Munster and the players will look at it as for the reason that they play rugby, actually, because now we're in, in cup rugby. I know as well there's been a bit of criticism about the fact that the ground hasn't been sold out very often, but it's it's always a chicken and egg thing. The success brings fans and fans help the success to bet in, but the team has to bring the success first I know you're supposed to support through thick, thick and thin but like at the same time there is definitely an element of casual fans who come aboard the bandwagon and the core support is always going to be there but the core support isn't big enough to fill every stadium all the time and so it's occasions like this where you get the you, you win back the hearts and minds of the ones who are wavering a little bit and that's why it's actually quite an important hinge point for the team for the club, for the franchise, however you want to talk about the, the Munster identity? Yeah, I, look, of course it is. And I, I think if... Um, I don't get jumping up and down as much as people that have been maybe criticising the, the not full stadia. Um, I think we've had a very strange couple of years and I don't think it's just down to fickle fans. And... Uh, yes, you're supposed to um, stick with the team in the downside, but you can't accuse the Munster supporters of not sticking with Munster for the last 10 years when when they haven't won trophies. So uh, I don't think that's the case. I think it's as much to do with with COVID. I think it's as much to do with uh, increasing in prices and costs and everything else that's going around. And um, I think that's part and parcel of it. I think you'll see a huge amount of people going up. I think you might get in the region of 40,000 at this game, which would be which would be unbelievable. I think there's over 32 or 3,000 tickets sold already. So um, I think it'll be an unbelievable occasion for it. Um, when you're looking to see whether everything, and I know we, you know, when we talk in the media, we kind of, we flare things up a lot and kind of over talk some of them at times. But um, I think the requirement for Munster on this game is to show how they have changed over the last number of years, that when they get to this level of the competition against one of the big boys coming back, and they've had success against Toulouse um, only a couple of years ago in um, in Thoman Park, um, 
it's are they able to play at the level that is required and um or are they going to go quiet like they have done in the last couple of years now albeit against very big teams like Saracens and uh, and Leinster and so I think that's what we want to see actually is has, is there a huge change in performance um, or does it revert under pressure so the wish is that it'll be um, it'll be a mixture of actually what we've seen for the last few weeks I mean I still want a bit of pragmatism so you're not kind of throwing everything out but I think there has been some green shoots over the last few weeks, albeit against teams who who haven't been at the top of their game. It looks like Toulouse are on the way back. You know, they've leapfrogged La Rochelle over the weekend. They're in a position where um they're they're used to being, which is competing at the end of the of the season. And uh, they seem to time their run incredibly well. I know you were on commentary for the game last year uh, in, in Thoma between Toulouse and Munster. Was that down to game plan, the way that game finished up, the second half in particular, or was it down to just the golfing quality between these two teams? Um, both, actually. Um, the golfing quality is, if you're looking at Toulouse, they have, it's a team of unbelievable riches and capability and size. And uh, and for me, um, uh, in that game last year, it was... Uh, it was the size that that counted at the end, you know, and um, and the the lack of taking of a couple of opportunities, and so I think you need to make more opportunities and take more of them if you're if you're playing and trying to 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 play against a team like this. I don't think you can sit back at any stage and hope to ride it out in terms of of fitness, um, because uh, dealing with some of the size of these guys. For a consistent period of time, um, I, I think that puts chinks in into the energy levels. Like Monstrous defence this year has been phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And in the last couple of weeks, they've started attacking more. Now against against Ulster, and I haven't spoken since that, but against Ulster, they had they played against a team that was had it was like a team with a burst tire. They had lost. They just they ran out of all energy. Um, uh, Ulster did and yet Munster barely won at the end you know and um, you know you can't sit back at any stage at all but if you're given space Munster will will attack but I'm not so certain they'll get a huge amount of space against Toulouse um, What team do you pick? That's the, the other fundamental question here and it seems to be around specifically the number nine uh, we, we talked with Quinny about it yesterday he was like you get extra physicality and extra defence and you know this is going to be a game where that's important uh, given the, the sheer physical size of Toulouse but equally if you're going to be the one who is doing the attacking and if you're going to be the one trying to in, in, inflict your game then maybe you start with Craig Casey and you start with this unpredictability and he's the agent of chaos that you need to bring to the party for them to go, well, what are we doing here? How do we defend this? Yeah, um, I think there's an element of that. Um, I'm I'm caught myself on it. Um, strangely, as Craig has started to, um, I think, rise his standards this year, which he has definitely. And um, I think he seemed to be back playing to the way he was when he joined the squad a couple of years ago, which was uh, at a million miles an hour and um, I think he needs to play his style and not slow it down style um, but I do think Monster will kick quite a lot in this game and um, I do think they'll try and manoeuvre their way into the game and trust their defence a lot 
And it's whether they pick Connor for that. I think Connor has actually played really well this year. I just think he's he's come back into far better form. So it's a great position to be in to have two very different types of scrum halves. Um, I could see them start, starting with Connor and having Craig getting a decent amount of time, like 30 minutes to try and burn out um, any of those big forwards sort of after, you know, 10 minutes in the second half. I could see that happening definitely. Um, it's hard to figure out which is the right way to do it, you know, for, for Munster. I think if I think if Munster had been playing with more in, uh, attacking intent for the whole year, I think in that situation, I think you may then go and say, um, you'd start with Craig. I just don't know. It's quite hard to figure out what they're going to actually do because when Munster play well against a team, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to pick the same team afterwards. That hasn't been this case uh, this year. But look, I'd like to see them play and attack a bit more. Um, but I still think it's trying to get the balance of that right. And I don't know that... I don't, see, I, it's almost not, not trusting it, but against Ulster in particular, they were given space. They were given space to attack. They were space to um, change angles behind the gain line. But Toulouse, um, Toulouse did give space to Ulster over the two legs, similarly. Like, you know, there's a bit of easy oziness around Toulouse who kind of are so good that they're like, ah, look, we'll catch you in the end. Don't worry about it. And I, I think the thing to do is start with Craig Casey. I think the thing that will happen is Van Graan is conservative and he's going to start with what he knows is very, very strong. Absolutely, as you say, back in form. Number nine has played for the Lions and has reached that level where he's you know, been captain material for the Lions. And so that's why I think he's going to pick Conor Murray to start. Personally, I go with Craig Casey and bring Murray off the bench to seal the game. But that's yeah. why he's getting paid the big bucks. Yeah, well, look, I think Munster in this game, um, it's okay, it's quarterfinal um, and it's, it's happened more recently in semifinals. But I would do, as we were saying, I would, I would attack full bore. Um, I think Munster needs to show that they're making a progression, um, that it doesn't revert back to, um, to, to slowing the game down and, and kicking the ball from the 22 to the halfway line. Just, I think they, you know, they need to be able to trust their skills and it's whether their skills are then good enough or not. And that becomes part of the issue that they have. But, um, I think there's been too many uh, semi-finals, uh, in particular, where Munster haven't. They've turned up for the game and they've continued to play that style that they play, and it keeps you very close. Um, but ultimately, it's it's led to losses. So that ha- like that has that cycle has to break at some stage. And I think it would be disheartening for for Munster if they don't show um, a lot more of what they've showed in the last few weeks. They don't show that at when the pressure comes on, I think that'll be the mark of of um, uh, of conservatism. Then at that stage, when you look at it, but having said all that, like I'm not negative looking into this game at all. I think I think Munster have shown shoots. I think there's been a few injuries which has hampered them a little bit in the last few weeks. I'm not talking about the long term ones. I'm talking Ty Byrne in particular. It's great to see the possibility of Conway coming back, um, but. Like there, there seems to be a little bit more jaunt to their step in the last few weeks. So let's see how much of that is real and see whether it's able to stand up to Toulouse. Um, do you start Conway or is Mike Haley playing well enough at the moment? You think actually, you know what, Conway's going to be on the bench, which means that I have real strength and depth there if anything bad happens. 
Yeah, um, I would start Conway, absolutely. I think he has been, um, uh, he had a bit of a dip last year, but this year he's been absolutely fantastic. I don't know the nature of the injury. I don't know to how close he is to, to being right, but he's if he, he's only going to be in the squad if he's fully, if, if, he's, if he's fit. So I would play him and say, go out there and play as hard as you possibly can. And when you burn yourself out, we'll take you off. And do you start him at fullback? Because, like Zebo, I, I think it has this X factor, and I, I yeah, um, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure. I think Zebo has given a bit of a spark back, and um, he is a very, very natural footballer, and um, I think there's an excitement factor with him as well. But there's an excitement factor with Conway too. Different, but um, uh, Conway seems to be more lethal. Um, uh, at the moment but I don't know it's it's uh, look that's that's why the coaches have to pick the teams it's kind of fun when you when you look at it like I look at Zebo and he doesn't look um, he often doesn't look like he, he cares but he cares very deeply you know that's just that sort of laconic nature of his but he really cares and he and he wants to have a bit of fun and um, I think if we're to be honest we are we could always do with a bit of fun in the team so yeah. look there's difficult decisions, which is the right place you, you want to be, you know? No, it, it's, you know, the team is not picking itself uh, straightforward because of injuries. It's like there's a bit of strength and depth there. And, and that's the thing that will give Munster fans hope. You sound like you're hopeful of a victory. Well, I am hopeful of a victory. And the, the point you make about Toulouse being as if their class will out at the end, the only thing I'd hold against that at the moment is they're now coming to the business end of the of the season. And... Uh, with all their internationals back. There's a lot of players who won a Grand Slam this year. There is a lot of uh, drive in that team. Um, you know, they beat La Rochelle last week, but you'd expect them to, to win at home. Um, I think this is not as daunting for them because it's in the Aviva. Um, I think uh, Toulouse are the favourites for it. Uh, which is a hard place when Munster um, supposedly playing at home. But um, yeah, I do think Toulouse are the favourites for it. And um, I think their strength will more likely hold out in the end. But if the green shoots that we've seen over the last few weeks are real, um, if if under pressure they, they are given, um, uh, they manage to build on that sense of confidence, well then this is a, a victory that Munster can get. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Leinster, who are favourites despite the fact they're going to Leicester and they've clearly got screwed over as they were, as we all knew they would be uh, when uh, the COVID situation happened. Everybody else got a free pass except Leinster and unfortunately they're reaping the rewards of it now by having to go to Leicester. They've managed their squad really well. Um, Lancaster stayed in Dublin with the team while Leo took the B team down to South Africa and there were some incredible performances so the future is pretty bright for them in the present the Ireland team that will take the field um, against Leicester is it strong enough to be able to go and win away from home against a really in-form Leicester team who appear to be getting back to the old Leicester style of being one of the best teams in Europe yeah I look Leicester are totally transformed I I 
Steve Forthwith has done an incredible job. He only took over whatever it was in, in the middle of last year, at the end of last year. Um, he's brought some some decent signings in with it, but some of their players have been playing fantastic. They're also benefiting strangely from um, George Ford not being involved in the England setup um, for for um, for elements of it and not playing a huge number of games because he's pulling all the strings. Um, a lot of those players are leaving. And that's interesting as well uh, for them because that's um, these are clubs that have done brought a lot of players back or brought them to a higher level. Um, Ellis Genge in particular, uh, who has been phenomenal this year. So, but they're leaving at the end of the year. So, when that happens, um, will they want to leave with a couple of trophies? And um, I think they're in very good position for the Premiership, even though it becomes knockout at the end, which is difficult. Um, Again, a lot of Leicester's, um, um, I'm not saying success because the success at the start of the year was fantastic, but they had a bit of a blip and now they're back again, but built on the back of Bristol Bears last week who they beat by 30 points. Bristol were abject and have decided that they're not tackling uh, anymore this season. That's what it seems like. Um, and uh, But Leicester fully put them to the sword and and play well, play an exciting style and are becoming incredibly exacting. Um, and with all that said, and even in Welford Road, which used to be an incredible fortress, uh, I remember winning there the first time Quinns hadn't ever won there. And um, and uh, it was a horrible game and it was a, it's a horrible place to play. And they're, they, I mean, they're a really good being crowd, kind of dismissive and great rugby crowd, but they'll slag, slag you to bits. Um, uh, led on by my father-in-law, who'll be shouting uh, as loud as he possibly can against whoever's coming over there. It's a great place to go and play. It, it's, it's a fortress this year, but that's not really um, for all of these players. Is that enough to to go against Leinster on fire? And. Um, I think Leinster will go with a great team. Uh, I think they'll go um, with no expectation, with, ex- with an expectation of winning, of going and playing incredibly well. And from from the comments that we've heard coming out of the camp this week, they've run themselves into the ground to be sharp. And it looks like that's what they want to do is they want to run these guys and grind them down as hard as they can. It's going to be tough in the scrum time. I think the battle alone. Uh, watching Genge um, against Tyg Furlong is going to be something, but um, I think I think Leinster have to go at this game, thinking that they're going to go and win, and then proving it every minute of it, and that's what they've done often in these big games. I think they they look much stronger this year than they have for the last for the last number of years. I think there's an awful lot of players playing very well. Um, I think they'll have had a bit of a break, which they need, but they'll be hungry for it too. In the same token, so I look, I would expect Leinster to win. But it's kind of great to see Leicester back in us. They are they are a very serious uh, European team and they need to be at the top table for the competition to be at the top table. So it's kind of good to see them back. When you say that they're impressing you more this year than in previous years because of form, is, is that it or, or are there other factors at play? Is, is it just kind of the, the confluence of people being in, in the, the right vein of form at the right time? Um, I look in as much as Ireland have maybe a heightened Leinster system. Um, I think Andy Farrell has made more changes to the to the backline to the manner in which they play. I think they protect their ten an awful lot more. Um, I think if you were looking at a couple of years ago and you're saying your out halves were, were Johnny Sexton and and Ross, 
burn, you'd you'd target them uh, far more often, um, and uh, they would tend to drift back a little bit deeper, and um, and that's the that's the place to put Leinster under pressure, actually. Um, now, with the manner in which they're playing, there's there's an awful lot of different options. The players are protected more. They're not they're not on the on the contact line. Other people are. You know, a bit more um, robust individuals are ta- able to take those uh, passes and hits on the gain line rather than than the tens, and they look far more secure for it. But um, Josh van der Fleer is having a season of seasons. Um, uh, great to see Robbie Henshaw back looking, you know, um, I think looking fresh again, you know, and um, I think they've managed their players incredibly well. And I, I also think their strength and depth means that they can manage their players very well. And um, Leo Cullen and Lancaster have picked very different teams at different times because of looking after their players. And I think that's the 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 joy of having a squad of the quality that they have it is the Ireland team playing Leicester this weekend like we should expect to beat Leicester right absolutely I'm, I'm I, I don't think it I think it's tough and I think it's different um and I think the challenge that is a challenge in itself and you say well sure we're an international team we should beat we should beat these guys uh, it doesn't necessarily just work like that sure it's a fight but first. I, yeah yeah, I look, I, but I would say, you know, like the fear I have, strangely, the fear I have all the time now talking about rugby is the um, whether it gets decided by a red card, yeah, or three or four yellow cards or things like that. Yeah, no, that's fair enough, um, and that's the, that kind of throws every conversation you have into into a little bit of a um, like what if, not that it matters, but like what if, what if happens, and now I, I have to say I put. I, I put that squarely on the players. The players need to tackle lower. They're the, they're the ones that are the red cards. One hundred percent. But if if the Connacht game had been a one leg and Gibson Park gets sent off, who knows what happens? You know, it's not beyond the bounds of possibility that uh, that game gets gets changed. Now you'd still expect Leinster to come through, but I can see how against Leicester, if there's a red card for Leinster in the first ten minutes, you know, it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be an easy win for them at all. I do want to just, one last question, because I haven't talked to you in a while about um, the Munster backroom team. Uh, I totally understand Leamy, who everybody raves about when you talk to him about the impact that he's had at Leinster. Very young in his co- coaching career, so it's a big promotion, but it's good to get that DNA back into the club, and I understand that that's of, of some importance, but it's not the, the only thing. Prendergast's coaching CV, if if they get him, is very impressive. So it seems like what they're doing is they're finding the best person that they can get who has a link and who understands what the requirements are. And then they're also getting somebody who has a very high ceiling. That's a good start. Do they, if, first off, do you know anything about this? Do you think they're the right guys? And do they need to do something else as well? Is there, is there room for some other people to join that backroom team or are you happy with the direction that's trending? Um, I Would I be happy with the two of those guys? I'd be delighted with them. Because um, I do think we need to try and uh, promote, not necessarily from within, but people who've gone off to try and learn their trade elsewhere, and, and you know they will have an emotional attachment to it. I think it's a, it's, um, but I think they're only part of the story. So um, it, it it depends exactly who else Roundtree is going to have and bring in, and and partly whose decision that is. Um, so I think you'd like to have a 
for me, I'd like to have a senior, um, another senior coach of, uh, look, I've said this time again, you, I, I love the manner in which um, New Zealand backs play. And if there are, look, there was talks about Robertson for, for, for a huge amount of time. And I always thought that that was unlikely, but I thought that would have been um, a, a, an unbelievable scalp to get. But you need to have a fairly big team. I think we've started getting there, but there's there's one or two more needed. And uh, and for me, it's it's to do with skill level and ambition and how that's how that's gone about it. And um, uh, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm critical of the manner in which uh, Munster have been playing under that South African way, only for the reason I don't think it suits us necessarily. I yeah. think it puts too much pressure. We, we, we don't have huge men, and people can say Ahern is big. Well, he's tall, and um, uh, he'll, he'll fill out more over time, but they're not these huge, you know, giants of men. And I think that that's a very difficult um to, to play with that unless you have a steady stream of them sitting on the bench as well. We may get one or two in a, in a blue moon. So, look, I think it has to be more um, um, natural skills-based and we need to heighten the sense of skill that happens all the time. So, for me, I'd be looking for, for a New Zealand coach um, and I think that that's the right mix, someone senior, um, um, because it's about trying to build something that will last for a long period of time. And I, I look for me, the, 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 the best, um, the best appointment has been uh, Ian Costello um, in terms of the Academy and with the vision that he has. And he went away and he spent a fair bit of time in wasps and, um, and he's come back and he has come back with, with ideas of what he wants to do for the future of the game in Munster and for uh, the players that are coming through the system. And, you know, for too long, I think Munster have bemoaned the, the, how great Leinster system is. Yeah. And now that they're trying to do something about it, like a Munster solution maybe to a Munster problem. So it isn't exact, it can't be exact, and you can't be complaining about it. You just need to start doing things about it. And I think we're beginning to see evidence of that. Right. Um, not necessarily in the team that's been picked at the moment. That's the, that's the, wrong, the wrong idea. Um, but in, the, um, in a lot of the structures that are happening behind the scenes now, it's... it's, it's a lot of changes to how the players are going to be developed. Okay, we've got to leave it there for now. Keith, good stuff. Thanks a million. Cheers, lads. It's uh, Keith Wood giving his thoughts on the weekend's rugby, the Munster game live on Off the Ball and News Talk, especially extended Saturday programme for you. And we'll have Brian O'Driscoll's thoughts and we'll focus a little bit more on the Leinster game with Brian on Friday nights Off the Ball as well.